Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And you can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. This is a Super Bowl edition of Inside the Cap. And we're going to take a look at the two participants, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. From a financial or economic uh, perspective, um, there is no right or wrong way for a team to put together a championship caliber roster under the salary cap. Um, You can get there in a myriad of ways. There's more than one way to skin a cap, skin a cat, or cap in this case. And these two teams have gotten there in totally different ways. And what I'm going to do is take a look at the salary cap charges for key participants at the positions. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, grouping offensive line together, um, edge rushers, um, interior defensive linemen, true off-ball or non-pass rushing linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties, special teams looped together as a group, and also how much dead money um, each team um, has. When I'm talking about the cap numbers, I am including the $295 daily amount that players got under the collective bargaining agreement for participating in the voluntary offseason workout program. So if I talk about a number which isn't like $35.5 million and it's got some weird long number that is why now in terms of the amount of key participants I'm looking at 32 players for the Chiefs 31 for the Eagles excluding the special teams guys which will be three kicker punter holder so if the Chiefs that's 16 guys on offense and defense for the Eagles that's 14 on offense 17 on defense now for the 2022 league year the NFL salary cap is 208.2 million now that is not what each team is working with. There is something called an adjusted salary cap, uh, which is what each team works off of. That differs from the actual cap because you can carry over unused cap room from one year to the next. And there will also be other adjustments uh, to the salary cap based on incentives, which were earned or not earned, likely versus not likely, that need to be uh, reconciled. So um, most teams don't have a salary cap that they're working off of of $208.2 million. That's not what their basically working capital is. It's a uh, lot different um, than that, and you'll see that uh, from the uh, two teams. Now, um, the league-wide average this year from an adjusted salary cap is $213,468,969, according to the NFLPA data. That is the average. Now, the Chiefs, they're working 
with one of the lower adjusted salary caps in the league this year. They're in the bottom third. They're at $210,680,092. So they're um, behind league average of what they have to work with this year. So a little more uh, challenging to put together a roster uh, when that's where you are coming from um, to begin with. Now, Eagles are at the opposite end of the spectrum. Now, the Eagles have an adjusted salary cap of $225,257,793. That is the second largest adjusted salary cap in the league. The only team which has a bigger one is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, And the Jaguars have an adjusted salary cap, which put them at $234.9 million. Now, how did Philadelphia get that? Well, something about the unused cap room that you have. You can carry over from one year to the next. The Eagles carried over $16,481,403 uh, from the 2021 league year. Second most um, adjusted salary cap room. So that gives them a tremendous advantage in terms of how you can build your roster um, under constraints of the salary cap. Now, um, both teams didn't use all of their cap room um, this year. Um, since you can carry room over, by the time it was all said and done, uh, Chiefs uh, Philadelphia first was left with $5,443,473 of unused cap room, which was carried over. The Chiefs, on the other hand, um, are carrying over $2,822,497 to the 2023 uh, league year. Now, these two teams uh, have allocated resources a little bit differently from these uh, key players. Now, with Kansas City, theirs skews heavily to the offense on their uh, key contributors. It, it's just over $89.601 million to offense and $69.4.3 million to defense. Now, um, part of that comes from the fact that out of those 16 key contributors that I'm uh, spotlighting, 10 of them are on rookie contracts. So that'll count for the discrepancy, partially explain it. Eagles go the other way. Their defensive-oriented from a resource allocation standpoint, in a bigger way than often than the Chiefs are skewed offensively. It's just under 51.825 million on offense for Philadelphia, and a little more than 81.5 million on defense um, for the Eagles. Now, before I get into the individual positions, I want to explain something about um, what something that can inhibit your working salary cap, and that's dead money. Um, And dead money is something which only exists because of how the salary cap rules work, the accounting rules work, that you have certain components of a contract which are prorated. Signing bonus, option bonuses, certain roster bonuses get prorated or spread out evenly over the life of a contract for a maximum of five years. So if you trade a player, release a player, cut a player, the remaining proration 
will immediately hit the salary cap. Um, the future years accelerate. Uh, there are two exceptions to this rule with bonus proration accelerating that if you someone retires, is cut, or traded after June 1, then only the bonus proration in the current year will count for that year's cap. The future proration is delayed and hits the cap the following year when the league year begins in March. Now, teams can also get that same treatment with what's called a post-June 1 designation. Each league year, a team can release two players uh, prior to June 2nd, uh, known as post-June 1 designations. That's the term of art. Um, and they get treated like they were released after June 1, so they get that same two-year split with the bonus proration. Uh, there's one catch. you got to carry the player's full cap number or cap hit, um, even though you've released him. He can be signed elsewhere until June 2nd. At that point, um, the salary which you're carrying comes off the books unless it's guaranteed. Now, dead money is typically a sunk cost from an accounting standpoint. Unless there are guarantees, there's no payment associated with it. And now, my definition of dead money is very strict, which is a salary cap charge for a player no longer on the roster. That means, with Fletcher Cox, for example, he's someone that... Philadelphia's posting one designation on and then resigned um, a couple of weeks later. So, with the posting one designation, they have a salary cap charge of $12,826,820. Since they resigned him, I don't call that dead money. I'm putting that as part of his salary cap uh, charge. Um, so, I'm treating him that way. I'm treating anyone who is still under contract with the team. Uh, that had been released. So if you're on the practice squad, that's not dead money for me. Uh, Derek Barnett's another example of that. Had a voiding contract, so they've got $7.248 million basically, um, which is part of his cap charge, even though for the new contract, he uh, has a cap number of a little under $2.68 million. So I'm using the combined number for uh, Derek Barnett. Now, if you've got such a high adjusted salary cap, you have latitude to have more dead money. And the way the dead money is split this year, the Eagles essentially have twice as much dead money as um, Kansas City. And that's that's because Harry Roseman's not afraid to uh, rectify a mistake. And we saw that last year when he moved on from Carson Wentz, despite $33.8 million in dead money uh, from the extension they gave in 2019 with the signing bonus and option bonus. Now, Chiefs have 15.16 million of dead money. They only have one charge over uh, $2 million, and that belongs to uh, linebacker Anthony uh, Hitchens, who was released last February. That's $4,223,750. Now, the uh, Eagles, the way I'm Defining dead money, it's $32.4 million. And some of these charges date back to 2021 transactions. They've got four dead money charges over $3.5 million. You've got the largest one is from defensive tackle Malik Jackson. He and Alshon Jeffrey were 
both released with post June 1 designations in 2021. So the 2022 portion of the bonus proration left in their contracts is a 2022, I mean, the uh, any proration after 2021 is a 2022 cap chart. So that's 9.033 million from Malik Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, a little shade over 5.4 million. You also have Zach Ertz at 3.548 million uh, from his trade towards the, I think it was late September, early October of the 2021 season when he went to the Cardinals. Uh, things like after week five or six um, in a trade. That's from the 2021 season. Brandon Brooks, the offensive guard who retired last year, this um, after last off season, uh, they did something the Saints did with um, Drew Brees, um, held him on the roster till June third, so they could split his dead money up in two years. He's got a little over fifteen point seven million in total dead money, but it's getting split in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three at. Five million nine hundred thirty-nine thousand two hundred thirty-five dollars in 2022, seven million nine hundred seventy-nine thousand two hundred thirty-seven dollars in 2023. Now, let's move to the offensive side of the ball with the most important position on a football team quarterback. And there's a stark contrast in how these two teams um, allocating resources at quarterback. Now, Kansas City, higher degree of difficulty in roster building because of Patrick Mahomes' contract. Um, This is one of the first years that that 10-year extension he signed in 2020 with two years left on his rookie contract uh, has a high cap number. They did not elect to restructure Mahomes' contract and push the cap obligations off until tomorrow. So, He's got the league's second highest cap number at $35,793,381. That is Mahomes' cap number. Second largest in the league. Now, they got to work around that. Mahomes, counting on the cap, almost 17%. By counting the cap, I mean of their adjusted salary cap, not the $208.2 million. That's what his cap number is. Taking up. Almost 70%, 17% of Kansas City's cap space this year. Jalen Hurts, 2020 second-round pick, opposite end of the spectrum. He's on a rookie contract. Now, the uh, most valuable commodity in the NFL is hitting on a quarterback in his rookie contract because of the roster flexibility it can give you. You can amass more talent because... You have a cost-contained, low, very affordable quarterback when they're on a rookie contract, particularly when they're not drafted in the first round. So, um, Hertz has a cap number this year of a whopping one million six hundred fifty-one thousand one hundred ninety-five dollars. <laughs> So, big discrepancy there. He's taken up 0.073% of Philadelphia's salary cap, as opposed to Mahomes taking up almost 17%, not even 1%. And Mahomes' cap number is 
almost 22 times Hertz's. So that is going to explain why Philadelphia has a lot more um, depth to the roster than um, Kansas City does. Now, neither team is really putting any money into running back. And that's not really a surprise. Um, I wouldn't invest a lot of money in a running back either. Um, running backs can be found practically anywhere in the draft. And you'll get diminishing returns on a huge second contract. Now, uh, Philadelphia, um, Miles Sanders, relative his cap number, great value for Philadelphia. Cap number of a little over $1.7 million. Uh, rushed for a career high of 1,269 yards. I believe was fifth in the league. Had 11 rushing touchdowns. Pro bowler. Now, the biggest cap number on running backs belongs to 2020 first-round pick Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's just coming off IR. May not be active for the game, but even before he sprained an ankle in week 11. Seventh-round pick, and this is goes to the uh, what I was saying. You can find a back anywhere, Isaiah. Pacheco is taking carries for him. Was basically Kansas City's lead ball carrier. Pacheco, cap number seven hundred twenty-seven thousand one hundred forty-five dollars. <laughs> so, um, collectively, for running back, you've got for the key participants, and I'm including like Jarek McKinnon um, for Eagles. I'm throwing in Boston got and Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, you've got Chiefs, because I'm throwing um, Clyde in there as well, even though he may not be active. Chiefs, $4,735,129. Eagles, $4,388,009. Now, at wide receiver, the cap charges are pretty even, but they've taken different approaches to the wide receiver position, kind of like, it's a different approach at quarterback. Uh, Chiefs uh, have a little more devoted to their key participants. Eleven million five hundred sixty-four thousand fifty-eight dollars. Eagles eleven million two hundred fourteen thousand one hundred and eighty-eight dollars. But Chiefs were intending to keep Tyreek Hill, but the receiver market went haywire. Signability became an issue. They decided, you know what? We got Mahomes with this huge uh, cap number. We're going to go in another direction, figure out what you can do receiver. Um, thinking that Mahomes was talented enough where you don't necessarily need to have a, uh elite wide receiver with him. So, what did they do? Uh, dealt him to the Miami Dolphins last March for five picks. They got 2022 first, second, fourth round picks, a 2023 fourth, and a 2023 sixth. Um, Hill signed a four-year, $120 million extension with $72.2 million in guarantees, and $52.35 million was fully guaranteed signing. I call it $75 million over three. He's got $45 million in the last year, um, so he's never going to see that. By trading him, the Chiefs picked up $18.035 million in cap space because his salary came off the books, just the proration left. And they went in another direction. Signed to uh, veterans when they went in another direction. Um, they signed 
Marquez Valdez Scantling from the Packers. Three years, thirty million. Um, was a contract, fifteen million in guarantees. Incentives make the max value twelve million per year. They also brought Juju Smith Schuster in on a one year prove it deal. Uh his free agent market bottomed out after playing five games in Pittsburgh because of a shoulder injury, came back for the playoff game, but Tyreek Hill going, he was picking a spot. Where can I put up numbers and maybe rehabilitate myself for free agency? So it was a one-year, $3.25 million contract. Incentives made, made the max value $10.75 million. And then they ended up uh, doubling his roster bonus, his per-game roster bonus, from $30,000 per game to sixty. So it went from five ten total to $1.02 million. And Smith-Schuster's done a pretty good job earning his incentives. There were $3 million of incentives based on receptions and receiving yards, which he did hit. Um, he maxed those out when he hit the 65 catch and 900 receiving yard marks. He, he caught 78 passes for 933 yards during the season. He got another 1.5, 1.5 million um, because his playtime hit the required 65%, and Kansas City made it to the playoffs. There was a million-dollar Pro Bowl incentive he didn't earn. Cruel twist of fate for Juju Smith-Schuster because he had an AFC Championship game win incentive where there are three things that had to happen for him to qualify. Two of them he already had going into the game. He had the 65 catch and 900-yard thresholds were hit. Had to play 50% in the AFC Championship game. Well, he hurt his knee. Only played 45%. Hasn't technically earned a million. Has that same incentive for a Super Bowl win. Chiefs win the Super Bowl. He plays over 50%. He's not on the injury report anymore. He'll get the money uh, because he's already hit 6-5 catches and 900 yards. Now, the Eagles um, decided to go out and get A.J. Brown um, from the uh, Titans. And they gave up the 2022 first-round pick and 2022 third-round pick during the NFL draft and gave him a four-year, $100 million contract extension with over $57 million, slightly more than $57 million in guarantees in connection with the trade. Go out and get that number one weapon, elite receiver for Jalen Hurts, kind of like Buffalo did with Stephon Diggs and Miami did with his old college teammate, Alabama, Tua Tunga Viola, and... Hurts, MVP, candidate, MVP runner-up, unlocked him just like Buffalo Josh Allen. Two different approaches to the wide receiver position, although the spending is essentially the same from a cap standpoint. Both teams put money into a tight end, both, and they have uh, two of the highest paid um, tight ends in the league. The Huge discrepancy in the cap numbers, though. Um, you got nine million three hundred fifty-seven thousand fifty-one dollars for the Chiefs, four million five hundred seventy thousand one hundred sixty-two dollars for the Eagles. Um, Travis Kelsey is on a four-year extension, averaging fourteen million three hundred twelve thousand five hundred dollars, which, quite frankly, is a bargain, given there's never been a tight end as productive as. 
he's been in the history of the game. Dallas Goddard, after Zach Ertz was traded to the uh, Cardinals, signed a four-year extension averaging $14.25 million per year. And uh, there's been a whole lot going on with uh, Travis Kelsey's uh, cap number this year. That His original cap number was $8,855,882. That was the original 2022 cap number. Now, because his contract was structured in such a team-friendly manner that it was backloaded in terms of the cash. The Chiefs took $3 million from his 2023 and 2024 salaries, $3 million combined, and moved it into 2022. So his cap number jumped to $11,855,882. I was like, well, how come they have less than $10 million in um, allocated to the cap and tight ends. Well, in the middle of October, they did a salary conversion where they converted $4,607,778 to signing bonus and prorated it through 2025, which dropped this cap number for the season to $8,444,166. So, whole lot going on with Travis Kelsey. Now, um, nothing like that from Dallas Goddard. Um, Gollard's contract uses the signing option bonus structure. And it has two option bonuses. This is something Philadelphia started doing with several players. You don't see it that often in the league. Um, Russell Wilson's contract has the double option bonus uh, structure. Uh, Miles Garrett's does with the Browns. One of the first I saw um, under the 2000, since the 2011 CBA was Joe Flacco's with the Ravens. Um, after he played out of his mind to become the highest paid player, two option bonuses with his. Now, since option bonuses are prorated, it's a way you can keep the cap numbers low in the early parts of the contract. And then they'll spike at some point. Um, Goddard's cap number is $3,729,697 this year. He didn't have a big cap number. It's like 6-6 next year. Then it jumps to over 19-5 in 2024. So if they made a mistake on Goddard, then you're going to have a ton of proration because you have the signing bonus and you're going to have the uh, option bonuses proration. That's why Carson Wentz had $33.8 million in dead money. One option bonus with the signing bonus. But when you've got multiple years of option bonus proration and multiple years of signing bonus proration when you release someone. That's how you get a huge dead money number. Now, um, both these teams operate under the uh, premise that everything starts in the trenches as well as in just having a high-quality quarterback. But both these teams put money on, 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 the, on the lines, both sides of the ball. Now, um, they're just doing it a little bit differently in terms of the composition of the players. The uh, cap charges, um, not that much of a difference. Um, Chiefs, $20,151,566. Eagles, $29,301,283. Now, Chiefs, it's a mix of you got some low-cost guys on rookie contracts sprinkled in with um, 
vets. And the biggest cap charge out of anybody belongs to Orlando Brown. They stuck a franchise tag on Orlando Brown for $16.662 million. Um, couldn't get a long-term deal worked out for him. And it's very understandable why, because no competent agent in his right mind would have accepted the offer the Chiefs um, made to him, their final offer. It was going to make him the highest paid offensive lineman in the league at $23,166,667 per year. That's all well and good, but it was along the lines of this Travis Kelsey deal being heavily backloaded. $139 million over six years. The biggest signing bonus ever for an offensive lineman at $30.25 million until Quentin Nelson got $31 million uh, right before the start of the regular season. Yeah, but it was really 95 over five years because there's $44 million in 2027 that he's never going to see. Now, that's great right tackle money. And Orlando Brown played right tackle before the trade, and that's about what he should have been at had he stayed right tackle because he's a better right tackle than left tackle, in my opinion. Um, there's no way for a 26-year-old player you sign a six-year, extent, a six-year deal. Probably have to franchise him again this year, but he's counting on the cap there. At that amount, you've got um, Joe Tooney that the Chiefs brought over in 2021 free agency that was made the highest paid guard for an $80 million contract over five years, um, $46.9 million in guarantees. Um, Tooney's cap number this year is $8,151,250. Now, the Chiefs balance out these two cap numbers with the uh, the 2021, hitting on guys in the 2021 draft in particular, uh, center Creed Humphrey, who's in the conversation for best center in the league. Um, he was a second-round pick in 2021, cap number of $1,274,260. Then right guard, sixth-round pick, Trey Smith, potential pro bowler, $867,116 cap hit. So, um that's how they uh, handle handle their offensive line. Now, the Eagles, it's more veterans than anything else. Uh, Landon um, Dickerson is the only one on a rookie contract, um, their left guard. But one thing that Philadelphia has done dating back to when Joe Banner, who was Harry Roseman's uh, mentor, when he was a long, he was a longtime president of the Eagles, um, he was one of the first in the NFL to start locking up core players well in advance of free agency, realizing that if you did that and you hit on those players, that it's going to be cheaper than waiting. And that's something that Harry Roseman's done. And he got way ahead of the curve with um, left tackle Jordan Mulata, who wasn't supposed to be the left tackle. It was supposed to be Andre Dillard. They drafted Andre Dillard in the first round in 2019. Mulatto was a project. Rugby player, hadn't played football from Australia, New Zealand, I forget which one. Seventh round pick in 2018. Beats out Dillard in 2021 preseason to be the left tackle. Now, at that time, Howie decided, I'm going to extend him. Because he was in the last year's rookie contract. Six, four million over four years. 
worth up to 80 million through salary escalators, 40.5 million in guarantees. So you've got a left tackle who's on a cost-contained contract when that market's going to probably start heading over 25 million per year this year because of Laramie Tunsil. And you've got um, Lane Johnson, who's on a second big contract extension. They redid it in 2019 um, and made him the highest-paid tackle in football at the time at $18 million per year. And typically, you don't see a right tackle as the highest-paid player. He's the reason why the right tackle market took off and why you've got guys like Ryan Ramchek, Brian O'Neill, who are now making more than his $18 million. But um, he's got a cap number. This year of $10,911,653, and that is the third highest cap number that the Eagles have. Um, now, let's go over to the defensive side of the ball, and we're going to start on the on the line, along the lines of the theme that everything starts in the trenches with these teams. You'll see that from the um, cap expenditures. Now, for edge rushers, pretty even distribution. Chiefs nineteen million five hundred three thousand nine hundred twenty dollars. Eagles sixteen million nine hundred twenty one thousand one hundred thirty six dollars. Now, uh, the Eagles. This is where one of the places they've taken advantage of Hertz's cheap contract. They have got so much depth along the defensive line; it's ridiculous. They had seventy sacks this year, um, which is tied for the third most. Um, in an NFL season, they come at you with waves on the defensive line. And their defensive line is headlined by their marquee free agent signing, who now is a little bit of a steal, um, Son Reddick. Career-high 16 sacks, which retired for second most in the league. He's on a three-year, $45 million contract, which is worth up to $46.5 million for incentives and salary escalators. Uh, $30 million is fully guaranteed at signing from when he came over as an unrestricted free agent last March. He's only got a cap number of $3.78 million because one thing Harry Roseman likes to do is he'll kind of what I'll call cheat the cap. It's legal, but um, he adds voiding dummy years to contracts. So in Reddick's case, instead of... Um, prorating a signing bonus over three years. You get to prorate it over five because they tacked on two voting dummy years. And this is a recurring staple with Eagles contracts, and it it's, dates back to 2016, more or less, when Howie got put back in charge uh, and when Chip Kelly was, uh, for, when he took over running the organization from former head coach Chip, Chip Kelly. So, they have lower cap numbers in addition to having a cheap quarterback um, because of the use of the dummy years. Now, avoiding dummy years. That's why you have that uh, cap charge I was talking about earlier for um, Derek Barnett because he had avoiding dummy years and he re-signed him. That's why it's basically $7.248 million for him for, for that reason. And that's part of the reason because avoiding dummy years why you have such a large dead money charge for Fletcher, not dead money, Excuse me. What would have been a dead money charge for Fletcher Cox had he not resigned, being a part of his cap number for when they made him a post-June 1 designation? Now, <clears throat> Philadelphia's largest cap number comes from Brandon Graham, who did have double-digit sacks this year, 
but he was more or less a situational pass rusher. He's at 9.413 million, which is the fifth largest on the team. Now, um, Kansas City's cap charges more or less come from one player, Frank Clark. Um, their other, they have two guys on rookie contracts, um, Mike Dana and George Karloftis, their first round pick. So those, like Karloftis, is two two $2,172,452. Is a cap hit. Now, Frank Clark took a pretty big pay cut not to be put on the open market. He originally had a cap number of $26.3 million this year, but that got chopped down to $13,361,111, which is the fourth largest on Kansas City. And he was going to make $19.5 million, took a pay cut to $6.75 million, uh, can make some of it back had $7 million in incentives in his contract. Now, where the bulk of the money is for these teams is the interior, the defensive line, and still, it's allocated differently. um, Philadelphia comes in waves, multiple players. Um, There's this bigger allocation of resources than Kansas City's. Kansas City's comes from primarily one player. To the defensive line, um, $33,402,751 for Kansas City, $42,768,891 for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the two biggest cap charges on the Eagles come from the interior of the defensive line. Javon Hargrave, who's in a contract year, $17.802 million. And Fletcher Cox, between his new cap number and... The charge they had for the post you won designation, $16,827,705. They brought in reinforcements during the middle of the year. Philadelphia did. Um, by signing Limbaugh Joseph and Dominican Sue um, midway during the season. Uh, they have incentive-laden contracts, which um, they get money additional money for uh, what happens in the playoffs. Both of them had to play 30% in the regular season over the last eight games, which they did. And um, be on the 50-man roster for the playoffs, which they are, and it's 125000 for each playoff win. So um, that's Philadelphia in addition to having their first-round pick, uh, jo- uh, Jordan Davis, who's got a cap number of $3,094,816. Kansas City, it's basically the Chris Jones show. Uh, he's got the fifth largest cap number in the league. So, Kansas City, second largest cap number in the league, Mahomes. Fifth largest cap number um, in the league with uh, Chris Jones. It's $29,415,666. Um, he was the best defensive lineman in football this year, and that's even when Aaron Donald was healthy before um, – he was lost for the last six games because of an ankle sprain. So um, that's uh, how things go for the defensive line. Neither team puts any money in the linebacker, which uh, that's a position which is has haves and have-nots for the most part. You got your Roquan Smiths, your Fred Warners, your Shaquille Leonard's, 19, 20 million per year. You had a guy like uh, Bobby Wagner who hasn't lost a step, who had a hard time getting to 10 million in the open market because of his age. Um, you have 
This market gets misread more than any market in free agency, I think, where linebackers overplay their hand, think they can get X, and then it's going to be X minus 1 or X minus 2 in free agency. But um, Philadelphia's got a little more um, invested. 3037965 and cap charges to Kansas City's $2,556,391. Kansas City's two linebackers are second-round picks, so they're on low-cost rookie contracts. Uh, Willie Gay, 2020 second-round pick, and Nick Bolton, um, a 2021 second-round pick. Um, Gay and Bolton's respective cap numbers are... um, $1,221,033 and $1,335,358. The biggest cap charge among any of these guys is Kazir White uh, for the Eagles. He's got a cap number of $1,835,965. he came to the Eagles on a one-year $3 million deal with another $2 million in incentives. They tacked on four avoiding dummy years, which is why his cap number is so low. But their every-down linebacker, T.J. Edwards, has a cap number of $1.202 million. Edwards um, took over as every-down linebacker midway during the 2021 season. He was going to be a restricted free agent. And free agents don't necessarily get tendered. So they did an extension, one-year extension, middle of the season last year for $1.25 million, And it maxes out at 3-2 incentives, which he earned. He had a 1.135 signing bonus, um, which helps explain why his cap number is so low. Now, moving on to the secondary uh the chiefs have lower cap charges at cornerback than the um significantly lower than the eagles 5,209,161 dollars versus 14,560,476 dollars for the eagles and the reason that is is that Kansas City made what well, for youth movement at cornerback that Traverius Ward who was up um, is a free agent. Can't keep everyone. Goes to the Niners. Three-year contract, $40.5 million. Deal maxes out at $42 million for incentives. He had $26.2 million in guarantees. So you lost your best corner because there's no way you were going to pay a corner that type of money um, or devote those types of resources. So their cornerbacks are on rookie contracts. Trent McDuffie, first-round pick this year. Um, two million five hundred forty-six thousand four hundred fifty-six dollars. Legarius Sneed, uh, also on a rookie contract. Uh, one thousand sixty one million sixty thousand seventy dollars. Jalen Watson, seventh-round pick this year. Uh, seven hundred twenty-eight thousand seven hundred ten dollar cap number. Now, McDuffie's interesting from this standpoint. Two of the picks from the Hill trade were used to go get McDuffie. 
Kansas City was sitting at 29th in the draft, and they moved up to 21st by giving up uh, packaging that pick at 29 and their fourth-round pick for McDuffie. Now, the Eagles arguably have the best cornerback tandem in the league with um, Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Um, Slay has the fourth-largest cap hit on the Eagles at 9.731 million. He's on a three-year extension, averaging almost 17 million per year, which at the time made him the highest-paid wide receiver. I'm not wide receiver, cornerback when he was traded in 2020. Uh, from the Eagles, from the Alliance of the Eagles. Now, James Bradbury is a big steal um, for the Eagles. That uh, Bradbury's on a one-year, $7.25 million contract uh, worth a maximum of $10 million through incentives. The division rival, New York Giants, let him go in May as a salary cap casualty. And he was tremendous this year. <laughs> this is a guy that opposing quarterbacks only completed 46% of their passes against him for a 52.52 uh, passer rating. Now, the use of the avoiding dummy years is the reason why on his one-year deal, he's got a cap number of $2,281,245. Now, rounding out the uh, secondary uh, cap charges, we're going to look at the safety position, and it's the Chiefs who have more than twice as much allocated cap-wise at safety than the Eagles, $8,758,769 to $4,221,851 uh, for Kansas City. It's another instance of where the composition of the position changed from last year. Um, there's one key player on a veteran contract. That's Justin Reed, who they signed to a three-year $31.5 million, $31 million deal with $20.485 million fully guaranteed in free agency last March. He replaced um, Tyrion Matthew, the three-time all first-team All-Pro, whose contract expired after the 2021 season. Um, now, Reed's running mate, Juan Thornhill, uh, 2020 uh, second round pick, has a cap number of $3,143,284, which is also bigger than any individual cap number the uh, Eagles have at safety. Now, Reed's cap number is more than all the combined cap numbers for the uh, Eagles, he's got a $4.5 million uh, cap hit. Now, the Eagles made a trade late in the preseason, which ended up paying huge dividends. Uh, they got Chauncey Garner-Johnson from the Saints, and that's because they reached an impasse in negotiations. He's a slot corner in New Orleans primarily. He's now a traditional true safety with the um, Eagles and despite missing five games with a kidney laceration he was the NFL's co-leader in interceptions with six he's got a 2.54 million dollar cap hit so 
Um, he's there. Um, help make help. They had two guys who helped change their secondary, bringing over Bradbury, whose cap number is under two one. So they really changed the composition of their secondary for less than four point eight million. Picking up someone who was a salary cap victim and making a trade. Marcus Epps, um, the other safety, uh, $972,965 million cap hit. Now, special teams is an important part of the game. The expenditures are relatively even. You've got the uh, Eagles leading the way at $5.349 million versus the Chiefs at $4,927,905. Now, both teams have their biggest cap charges in kickers. Um, Eagles kicker Jake Elliott has the biggest uh, cap charge among anybody, $2.914 million. Chiefs kicker Harrison Bootker is not far behind, $2,736,525. Um, both these guys are on deals averaging over $4 million per year. The long snappers... Rick Lovato, 1.46 million, is his total cap charge. James Winchester, 1,284,440. Now, the Chiefs have a huge bargain with their punter. Uh, Tommy Townsend was a 2020 undrafted free agent. He's wrapping up a three-year rookie deal for two total value of the deal. Two million two hundred ninety-five two two million two hundred ninety-two thousand five hundred dollars. Total value of his rookie deal. Uh, Townsend earned first-team All-Pro honors this year. Had a league-best forty-five point six million dollar net punting average. Um, he's got a cap number of nine hundred six thousand nine hundred forty dollars. Now he's going to be a restricted free agent after the year, so the Chiefs have to figure out which tender they give him. Um, I assume they're going to sign him to try to lock him up, but they'll give him a tender first. And um, he'll be, if not the highest paid punter, the second highest paid punter. So it's going to be a deal of at least $3.5 million per year. But first, they can stick the lowest free agent tender for $2.627 million, which would only give them a right of first refusal or matching rights if he signed an offer sheet. Or they could effectively take him out of the market by sticking a second-round tender on him. Nobody's giving up a second-round pick for a restricted free agent generally, let alone for a kicker or a punter. That tender's $4.304 million, but if you do that, then the uh, agent can rightfully say, well, if you think he's worth that for a tender, then that should be his value on a long-term deal. Um, now, um, that goes through all the different positions. There's there's one thing, one other thing I want to mention as well. Um, if you look at the two teams, the Chiefs are way more top heavy than uh, the Eagles in terms of their cap charges. Because you got one guy, Mahomes, second biggest cap number in the league. Jones, fifth biggest cap number in the league. You got Orlando Brown, who's playing on a uh, franchise tag and you take their top five cap numbers Kansas City's collectively 103,676,324 those five cap hits account for 
49.21% of Kansas City's adjusted cap of $210,680,092. This is five guys basically take up half of their cap space. Five guys. Not nearly the same with Philadelphia. Their two biggest cap hits come from the interior of the defensive line. They only have three cap hits over $10 million um, collectively. And this is and because you're not, now you're not paying a quarterback from a financial standpoint or from a cap standpoint. You're just not paying a quarterback right now. So a little bit different. That they've got $64,685,358 in cap space um, devoted to their top five cap numbers. And then they also have a bigger adjusted cap. So these five guys, much bigger, um, only take up 28.72% of the cap. So you're talking almost half to a little over a quarter. And Philadelphia's got that adjusted cap at 225000 $257,793. So, they've got, Philadelphia has far less money devoted to the top five. The adjusted cap is over $15 million, well, basically about $15 million more than, um, a little under, I should say, $15 million more than Kansas City's. Their dead money in recap double is double Kansas City's and it would be more if I um had a different definition where I was throwing Fletcher Cox over there and I was throwing Derek Barnett but I'm not I'm since they're on the team though that goes in their actual cap charge but still so we can see that there is more than one way to build a, a roster different strokes for different folks Kansas City got their high price quarterback having to make some judicious choices compared to last year's roster um, hit on draft picks uh, particularly in the secondary this year two um, 2022 picks composed cap charges in the secondary hit in 2021 in the same manner on the offensive line um, Philadelphia with that cap number of next to nothing for Jalen Hurts brought in a lot of depth particularly on the defensive line, made some midseason moves. And I didn't even mention uh, the trade for Robert Quinn, um, who hasn't really contributed much um, since he came over from Chicago. Um, they were able to pick up a uh, cap casualty in the secondary in Bradbury and also made a trade to be, uh, late in the preseason for Johnson. They liberally used avoiding dummy years and will restructure contracts with the best of them. Um, but you can see two different approaches to get to the Super Bowl and what you do with the cap. Um, that's going to be it for this week's Inside the Cap. Don't forget you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-E-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.